is it possible that being abducted by aliens makes it less likely that you believe in Bigfoot? And then we take a look at the terrifying phenomenon known as the Dark City. Is it possible that at any moment, no matter where you're at or what time of day it is, the entire world can be shrouded in darkness? And that's only the beginning of the mystery. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too, and I hope you guys have some awesome plans for your weekend. We got a ton of stuff to cover today, so first off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command, everyone get on your feet and give it up for Valencia the Researcher. Woohoo! Yeah, walking on in Dead Rabbit Command. Shut the door, shut the door. It's really cold. You're letting all the heat out. Valencia, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, you can do what Valencia did. She has been making sure that people know about Dead Rabbit Radio. That's another great way to help the show grow. It really, really is. Tell your friends, tell your family, put up flyers around town. All of these are great ways to spread the word of the show, and that helps the show grow. And also, let's take a look at our submission for Fan Art Friday. This is from Beetle Babe. Beetle Babe recently got as a gift one of the tumblers. I think that's a tumbler or a coffee mug or something like that, but it's from the Dead Rap Radio merch shop. Beetle Babe got this as a gift, and they absolutely love it, and I'm so glad that my merchandise is selling. <laughs> but it's really cool to get a photograph of some merch. That's really cool. I don't have one of those myself i have a shirt and i have some other stuff i think i got a sticker from them as well but great i just love this image and i love that people are so passionate about the show that they're getting stuff as gifts like that's just so cool you guys are a really cool group of people i was thinking about that the other day because i interact with a lot of you guys on reddit or through email or through youtube comments or through the export what 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 a fantastic group what a fantastic group i'm very proud to have you guys on my side Valencia, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Let's drive all the way out to a crop circle. <laughs> Driving. <laughs> They're making new. There's like scientists trying to study it. They're like, this is the best crop circle ever. And Valencia's like doing donuts, doing donuts. I'm running it all over. They're like, ah, oh, our evidence. We're out in the middle of this cornfield. And I'm eating the corn, I'm eating the corn, I'm eating the evidence, I'm flying around, i got magical powers now. We're out in the middle of this cornfield because we're about to watch somebody get abducted. This UFO is like... And the dude's like, dude, what's that, what's that? We're like, look up, look up, dude, it's not me, I'm just eating corn, I'm not making that noise. And all of a sudden, this guy gets abducted by an alien. Flies away. Probably should have brought a camera. This is a paranormal podcast. I'm more concerned about the corn, the taste of the corn. And then we see a guy run up and he's like, oh, my God, did you see that? That guy just got abducted by aliens. We're like, yeah, it's pretty crazy, huh? And he's like, yeah, that's totally that's awful. Like, what do you think is going to happen to that dude? And I'm like, well, I'm assuming they're going to run some tests on him. Hopefully he'll be back. The guy's like, man, that, that's crazy. And then we see a pickup truck driving through the cornfield as well. And it pulls up in front of that second guy. 
And out of the pickup truck jumps these dudes with AK-47 and ski masks. They're all, get in the truck, get in the truck. He's like, what's going on, man? What's going on? And they throw him in the back of the pickup truck, and they're like hitting him with the butts of the rifle. And he's like, no, no, please, I have a family. Pickup truck drives away. That's our true crime element for this episode. And I'm sitting there, belly full of corn. And we just watched two people get abducted. One abducted by an alien. And one abducted by man. The most dangerous animal of all. Recently, Zargoza University in Zargoza, Spain. We've been there before. There's a very famous paranormal story known as the Zargoza Goblin. I'll put it in the show notes. We covered it. But in Zargoza University, they recently did this study. It's so fascinating. They wanted to know if people who were abducted by aliens suffer post-traumatic stress disorder. I would, I would say probably right. They're kidnapped. They're brought aboard ships. It's super traumatic. At the very least, like even if you're brought aboard ship and they're like bleep, blop, bloop, we are here to bring peace among the stars. We're this advanced race and we believe all of these crazy things. That would probably mess you up a little bit. And that's assuming they're just being your friend. <laughs> that's assuming they're just being your friend. It's the ones where you get abducted by aliens and you're strapped down and they stick a hose in your mouth and they're making you ingest as clear liquid as their laser cutters are removing your fingertips. You know, that'll that'll probably mess you up more than seeing the Earth from orbit. The Zargoza University recently did this study and they said out of 19 people that they were able to find who said that they were abducted by aliens. Out of 19 people who claimed to be abduction survivors, 9% of them had PTSD or symptoms that would diagnose them as having post-traumatic stress disorder. So 47%, you know, based on the study, 47% of alien abduction victims have PTSD. It's interesting because Argoza University, the study, they go, we don't believe in aliens. We don't believe in any of this stuff. We don't believe any of this stuff. I actually found this. I found out about this through an article in the New York Post written by Hannah Sparks. So thank you for bringing this to my attention. But the I read the this study and they're like, we don't believe in aliens. We don't believe in aliens. But it's interesting to note, they continue, that they, speaking of the alien abduction survivors, they believe it was a real event. It didn't happen. But they believe it was a real event, so much so that the fear is real. Even though aliens don't exist, those are their words, but even though aliens don't exist, the, the trauma was so real to them, they developed PTSD. But let's look at the other guy who got kidnapped by the humans in the pickup truck. Because they did. Sarko's University used them as the control group. Actually, I think they had a control group of people who had never been abducted, but they have the people who've been abducted by aliens, and then they interviewed people who had been kidnapped by humans. So they interviewed 32 people who had been kidnapped by humans. How high do you think the PTSD rate is among humans who are kidnapped by other humans? I would say 100%, honestly. I'd be super scared all the time. No, it's 46% of humans who are kidnapped by other humans 
There's no doubt it wasn't a lucid dream. <laughs> They're sitting in the back of a pickup truck for three days. All that stuff and you're tied up and then eventually uh, you get freed. Because otherwise, <laughs> otherwise you couldn't be in this study. You're like, hey, I'm still kidnapped. Do you think I can participate in this study? And uh, the Zargos University has to pay your ransom. They're like, okay, now we have some questions to ask you. Among people who'd been kidnapped by other people, <laughs> the PTSD rate is only 46%. That's super low. That's insane. And it is lower than people who claim to be kidnapped by aliens. Now, the study was called Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder Suggestibility and Disassociation Related to Alleged Alien Abduction. And what was interesting about it, so we, they did say that, yeah, the fear is real to them, whether or not, well, they say they don't go, well, maybe they were abducted by aliens. They go, these people are not, they didn't really get abducted by aliens, but they believe they do. I'm sure, I wonder if during the study, the, the abductees, like, you believe me, right? You believe that aliens exist? The researcher's like, uh, yeah, sure. But what's so interesting about this as well, and this makes sense, like, the thing about if you believe the event is real, and then you having PTSD because of it, I understand that. I It's interesting to note that it's the same, it's a little bit higher than human abduction, which again, you'd think would be 100%, but the suggestibility portion of this is really interesting. When they did, they didn't give an exact percentage, but what they realized was that alien abductees scored lower in suggestibility. Lower than the control group and lower than the kidnapping group. They were more of a skeptic after the abduction than before. And this kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense. Let's let's put it this way. You believe in Bigfoot. You believe in ghosts. You believe in tarot cards, psychics. And you believe in aliens. And then one day you are abducted by aliens. It would actually make sense for you to go, I don't believe in that other stuff. I've never seen a Bigfoot. I've had sensations that might have been a ghost. Tarot card psychics, I mean, there's never been any real proof, but I know aliens exist, because I've seen one. I saw four. <laughs> they were surrounding my bed and getting their laser beams ready. But I don't believe in that other stuff. That actually makes total sense, because you had a concrete encounter with something that, yes, while it is bizarre, you know it's real now. You know that is as real as people getting kidnapped by regular people. But then you go, all that other stuff, like, I've never seen any proof of that. You think, some people might think it's the other way around. Well, if you see aliens, you go, well, then it all must be real. But that's just not the case. It's interesting, too, I was looking at this. In 1991, there was a nationwide poll of 6,000 Americans. And 119 gave answers that were indicative of alien abductions. Basically, the poll was asking, like, have you ever done this? Have you ever levitated out of your bed? Have you ever been visited by tiny gray people? It asks these questions that would make it seem like if you answered these questions that maybe you've been abducted by aliens, even if you wouldn't say that, even if you wouldn't classify it as, oh, I've been abducted by aliens, you may say, have you had lost time? Have you, have you, have you been in part of an interstellar war? They're like, oh, that does remind me. My first summer in college, when I fought all those reptilians on Arcturia 7, you would, they asked you these questions that 
if you answer yes to enough of them, you probably have been abducted by aliens. 119 people out of 6,000 gave answers that were indicative of alien abduction. And if you extrapolate that out, that would mean in the United States alone, it's possible you have 4 million people who have experiences that would be indicative of them being abducted by aliens, which is a huge amount. Obviously, if you didn't know 4 million was a big number, you're like, golly, Jason, I didn't know that. 4 million, wow, that's a big number. So crazy study. I love stuff like this. Super, super fascinating. Valencia, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We are leaving behind this crop circle. We're destroying all their evidence. As the helicopter is lifting off, fly us all the way out to London. It's April 2nd, 1904. We're in the Wimbledon district of London. Specifically, we're at a London underground station. So that's like their subway. Choo-choo! Trains coming down the track. All these people are getting ready to go about their business. They're hanging out in the London underground station. Then all of a sudden, the entire train station is shrouded in darkness. Now, it's not just like the lights went out. It's as if you took the entire... London Underground Station, and dipped it in black ink. It's that level of darkness. You can't see anything. There is zero light coming in. Not even a sliver, which would allow you to make out shapes in the darkness. You guys ever been in a super dark room? And as your eyes begin to adjust, you can see, maybe you can't see the knobs on your dresser, but you can see the outline of the dresser in the darkness. You just need a little bit of light to be able to do that. That is not the case on April 2nd, 1904. It is completely black. They couldn't see any outlines of the structures around them. They couldn't see each other. Blimey, me peepers, they're not working. My, me, the governor. They're talking and they're yelling and the employees are like, we don't know what's going on. We're just as trapped in the dark as you are. It's almost too dangerous to even move around in. But you could, like, shout. You could shout, Ah, porridge! I'm late for my meeting. Well, a couple minutes pass, and everything returns to normal. There's no notation to the sensation of it turning off and turning on. We don't know if it was, like, a slow fade up or if it was just, like, a blink and it was back. But after a few minutes, everything returned to normal. But that didn't matter. People were still very, very puzzled and worried about what had happened. Because it's extremely dangerous. You're in an area where one wrong step in your train meets. You're landing right in front of those tracks. So people were complaining about this, and eventually the city sent out some scientists to study what could have caused this, and they actually like closed up all the entrances. They covered like all the ventilation, everything like that, to try to eliminate all light, and they couldn't. They could not at any point replicate the pitch darkness that they had seen, that the people in the train station had seen on that day. Eventually, scientists in town, you know, the researchers who are looking at this said, it's possible that what happened was you had some sort of toxic gas, which you always want to hear happen at your workplace, right? Maybe some sort of toxic gas seeped up through the earth, because, you know, this is an underground metro station, and everyone inhaled it, and it caused temporary blindness. People weren't super happy with that answer, but that was the best they had. March 7th, 1911. We're in Louisville, Kentucky. 
it's 4 p.m. And it's an average day up to this point. People are walking around the city. A few people are driving. I don't know how widespread cars were in Kentucky 1911, but I'm sure there were a couple. People walking down the street, probably like a bunch of horses too. People riding, riding horses down the street. <laughs> like Jason, just look up basic facts or don't even mention it if you don't know. They're having a race. They're having a drag race with horses, demolition derby. Anyways, I don't know about the transportation of <laughs> Kentucky in 1911. It's not important for this story. Now I'm just thinking about horses. At 4 p.m. on March 7th, 1911, the city goes black. And if it's possible, the city was actually darker than the underground metro station. You had a population of around 50,000 people suddenly plunged into a darkness darker than night. At the time, 1911, you had a lot of people who were smokers. So they had matchboxes with them. So when the lights go out, and I'm not just talking lighting, but the sun's gone. The entire city is pitch black. People were pulling matchbooks out of their pocket and lighting matches. They said, listen, I've been smoking for years. I'm holding the match. I feel the match striking against the side of the box. I hear it strike against the side of the box. I hear that telltale sound of when the sulfur ignites on the edge of the matchstick. I hear it. I can feel the heat, but I can't see the flame. It's that dark. You can hold a lit match in your hand. You can't even see the light. People also reported this darkness as being different than the one that was experienced in London. They said moving through it was, there was something tangible about the darkness. They said it was almost like you were moving through water. It was thick. This time, the darkness lasted an hour. Some people reported that when the city went black, and obviously widespread panic, People began moving through the darkness, trying to find loved ones or just get home, (laughs) buy some more matches so they can smoke a cigarette in the darkness. They said when the light returned, when everything was back to normal, they were in a different location, which you would figure if you are walking, if you're walking, you'll be in a different location. They said they were farther away than they should have been. If they moved what would have seemed like a block, they would have been eight blocks away. They didn't give an exact measurement. They didn't say it was an eight for one, but they said that when you moved, you actually ended up farther away, much farther away than you should have. One woman said she was at her house when everything went black. And she couldn't see anything. All the outlines are gone. It's like you're walking through this void. And she was moving through her house by touch. The things were physically still there. She couldn't see them. When the darkness lifted... She found herself in a locked room. Now, I know what you're thinking. We're not done. We still got some more stuff here, but this is where I want to pause. I know what you're thinking, because this is exactly what I was thinking. Is there anything to back any of this up? Let me give you a little bit of provenance for this story. I found out about it on the website Anom Alien. They wrote an article about the mysterious phenomenon 
of the onset of Sudden Darkness. I like Anom Alien, but they publish a lot of goofy stuff too. Well, they'll take like a sentence or a headline and then extrapolate it. Most famously, that episode that I got unending emails from you guys where I said there was like a three-second delay in your eyesight. I don't remember exactly what the time was. Dude, you guys were like, Jason, you clearly didn't read that article, right? And they also, Anom Alien also kind of made it made it more goofy than it actually was. But anyway, so Anom Alien does do that. I do that from time to time. This was one that I was super interested in because Dead Rabbit Radio, we've been investigating the black bedroom phenomenon which is something that this show has identified. No one else has put these stories together that we've come across through people's accounts. It's really cool, and it's really creepy, and I'll put those episodes in the show notes. So when I read about these cities going dark, I was like, wow, could this be connected to it? But by the time, I mean, I'm reading the article, by the time it said the city in Kentucky went black, I was like, okay, the Wimbledon, whatever happens to the Brits, whatever, they can walk around darkness all day long. No, I tried verifying that. I couldn't find anything. But by the time I'm reading the article and it gets to the Kentucky story, I was like, there has to be something. Like, if this story is true, that is such a huge event that there has to be something. I'm not talking it would necessarily be in the newspaper. It would be. It would be a front page news story. But I'm thinking they're also in the in the Fordian catalog and all these stories of high strangeness. There should be a mention of this. So I started looking around. The only sources I could find involving these stories all pull off of one website. It's a Russian website called Philosophy of Life. And this is the earliest post involving these stories. You have the post on Anom Alien. Every other source I found to these two cities going completely black were from Russian websites. Like they had someone posted it on a Russian like version of Facebook. And then there was another story from another Russian website. But all of them pulled from an article written on September 23rd, 2011. On a website called Philosophy of Life. Now what's interesting is Philosophy of Life, it describes itself as having articles from different areas of life. And then they have this list. Culture and art, science and religion, history and adventure, geography, astronomy, and stories about famous people. So it's just kind of like a history website. They were the very first ones to run this story. They ran it on September 23rd, 2011. I went and there is zero mention of these events prior to that article being published. Well, you go, okay, Jason, so they made it up. Like, they say that they're a philosophy of life, but they must be some wackadoodle website. It's interesting because I started looking around this. I started looking around philosophy of life's website. The articles they have posted right now, like two days ago when I was researching this, they have three articles on their main page. A biography of J.K. Rowling. A biography of Christopher Columbus. And a article on what is meltwater. I was like, what? I don't think I've ever heard that term before. What is meltwater? Meltwater. And I go, oh, is that going to be some weird scientific curative or something like that? No, it was about... Meltwater is water that is melted from snow. I was like, what? But maybe they used to be a weird wackadoodle website, right? Maybe these are their current articles. They're talking about famous people. And uh, I'm sure, I guess, Meltwater would fall under science and religion. They had a section called, like, the unknown section. So, like, 
phenomenon, right? Fordian phenomenon, like we talk about weird stuff. They had two articles in the unknown section. Two. This article, which was titled Darkness Egyptian. You'll see that phrase pop up around the internet, really only on three other websites that mention this. And the Anom Alien, a darkness Egyptian, because they were comparing these events to one of the biblical plagues when God was trying to get the Pharaoh to let the Israelites go, cause darkness in the city. It's called Darkness Egyptians, the name of the article. They have two articles in the unknown section Darkness Egyptian and a general write up on the mythological creature known as the Harpy. Which you could find anywhere. You could find information about harpies anywhere. You check a Wikipedia. You can go to my fifth grade class, learn about mythology back then. That's it. Everything else on this website, everything else that's been around, the website's been around since at least 2011. So we're talking 11 years at this point, 12. Everything else on this website is completely legit that I could see. I didn't see anything about like hidden history, I didn't see anything about alternative energy sources or curative medicines. It was all legit stuff. It was philosophy of life. Interesting articles about different areas of life. Only two of them were weird. One of them is just basic knowledge, harpies. And then this article, this is the very first mention of this phenomenon on this website. That's super fascinating. I expected to find this on some fringe conspiracy website. The fact that it's a Russian website is super interesting as well. Because a long time ago, we covered a story called the Paris Time Gap. And I believe it was on the iceberg. It was a story that on December 29th, 1902, at 1.05 a.m., all the pendulum clocks in Paris stopped. Everyone woke up and everyone was nauseous. And what's interesting is I covered that and I was talking about it coming from these Russian websites and there was no knowledge of this conspiracy theory or this event in the West. There was zero. But I remember getting emails from people who are Eastern European who listen to the show in that region of the world and they're like, oh no, I remember hearing that story a long time ago. Like it was super, I wouldn't say super common, but it's not like on the level of the Bermuda Triangle, but I got feedback saying, no, that is actually like a it's a well-known conspiracy theory. They thought everyone knew that. If you were into the paranormal, you knew the story of the Paris time gap. But it's something that we only saw over there. I was never able to find any proof that it actually happened. But again, it was a conspiracy theory. It was a regional conspiracy theory. And now we have this happening again. We have this Russian website that seems legit by all other means. I mean, go to the... Link. It's just looks like some boring history website. And yet they have this story. Darkness Egyptian. They have this story about the black cities. And there's one more story I want to highlight here before we end up for the week. July 16th, 1957. We're in Arles, France. It's 12 in the afternoon. It's high noon. And Madame Jeanette, she's a 54-year-old nanny... Loads up a stroller with some diapers and a fresh baby bottle and a fresh baby. You have to have a baby. She takes, do nannies call the people masters like Master Bruce from Batman? Anyway, she takes the master's baby 
puts her in the stroller, and they go through a stroll through City Park. Baby falls asleep. Madam Jeanette goes, you know, I'm going to sit down on this bench. Little baby person's catching some Z's. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sleep, too. That's what nannies do when the baby's sleeping. They fall asleep in public. Uh, Madam Jeanette just sits down on the bench. And then this, I, I like this story because it describes the process a little bit more. And this story also, 2011, Philosophy of History. That was the first place I found this story. And then everywhere else was Russian websites and then finally a nom alien. But anyways, we're going to get a description of, of how the phenomenon works. Madam Jeanette's sitting on the bench and she said, the lights fade out suddenly. Which is an interesting, almost a contradiction, right? She compared it to when you click a light bulb off, it goes out, right? It shuts off. But there is this mechanism where it doesn't instantly go off. It feels like it does, but it's a... It fades so quickly, it seems instantaneous, but it does, in fact, fade out. She's sitting in the dark. Now, it was noon when she sat down on this bench, and now everything is pitch black. Everything around her is enveloped in darkness, including the baby stroller. And Madame Jeanette says that instantly the little girl began crying. The baby under her care began bawling. It's like whatever this mechanism was, it woke up the baby and terrified her. And Madame Jeanette is sitting there and she has to feel for the stroller. She has to find the stroller by touch and then she has to feel for the baby inside of it. And then she pulls a little baby out and she's holding this precious little girl close to herself. And Madame Jeanette's trying to soothe her. Me, me, me. It's okay, Master Baby. It's okay. Me, me, me. This darkness only lasts 15 minutes. And then the darkness fades away quickly. And now she's sitting in the city park. She can see normally. However, it's evening now. But at least she can see. Right? It may be dark outside. The streetlights may be on. But at least she's not trapped in this darkness. But now we have this massive time shift. In the first story, we had people getting lost in the darkness and then ending up in random places. This one is our first time where we have a noticeable time shift. She's in the darkness for 15 minutes, but now it's evening. It terrifies her. This whole event is freaking her out. She races home with the stroller, and when she gets there, the family of the baby, they're freaking out as well. Not because they had also been enveloped by this blackness, but because the nanny and master baby had been missing for three days. The police and the family didn't suspect that the nanny was doing anything with the baby in those three days. One, because the nanny was a very well-respected member of the household and people knew her in the community. It would be so out of character for her to do something. The other thing that they noticed was the diapers and the bottle were fresh. And they were the ones that she loaded into the stroller in the first place. So it wasn't like she had been taking this baby around for three days, walking around in three-day-old poopy diapers. 
It was like she had just left the house 15 minutes ago. Is there any truth to these stories? It's, you know, the one with Madame Jeanette and the London Underground Station, I think, I think it would be easy enough for those to fly under the radar. Those aren't necessarily going to... The one in the London Station, you think there would be a series of articles about, you know, like health effects on the station or what happened or something like that? I think those could fly under the radar. The one in Kentucky, I think, would be really hard to black out an entire city and it not be in the paper. If Louisville... If 50,000 residents of the city were enveloped in darkness and they were just bumbling around for an hour and teleporting around town, I think that would make the local gazette. But then where are these where are these stories coming from? It's so interesting because this is a website, the original publishers of this in 2011. I could find no earlier source. And it got to the point where I just started searching in Russian. I was actually using, what is it, Cyrillic? Cyrillic? I was using that alphabet. I was like taking words and translating them into Russian and Google searching for those to find more stuff on this. And I couldn't find anything. The earliest example I could find was in 2011. It was This story has not been told before that. So, one, even if the story had been told before that, I doubt a website that's so dedicated towards just like general knowledge things. Do you know? Do you know about harpies? And again, there's only two unknown stories in there of unknown phenomenon. Not like they had this huge thing and they were trying to figure out the wackiest stuff. I don't understand why they would run the story if it was fake, if they thought it was fake. And I don't think they just ran it. I think they wrote it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that they had come across it on another website and go, hey, let's put this next to Harpies. That'll be good. I think Philosophy of Life created this story or wrote it up see but again like why did it it doesn't make sense for them to write a fictional story when everything else is real so where did they get it from did they i i'm super puzzled by this just like i was puzzled by the paris time gap like why isn't it in any western media especially because the three incidents take place in western countries france and britain and america and Anom Alien published it. That was just a few days ago when Anom Alien ran this. It was like the first week of January, maybe the last week of December, but I had never heard of this before. This is absolutely fascinating. There's so many questions I have about it. And the big one, though, is, is this real? Did this really happen? And you have to factor in a bunch of things. One, it sounds ludicrous. In a, in, a, in, a, in a nutshell, because we're talking, not that not the idea of people being trapped in the darkness, because again, we've been cataloging those events when we're looking at the black bedroom phenomenon. That's not what's ridiculous about it. What's ridiculous is that it could happen to large groups of people and it not be in the media. But then you also got to realize that the media is constantly picking and choosing what stories and narratives we hear. And they've been doing that since the beginning. So what, I mean, it's just so fascinating. I wonder what else is out there. I'm going, I don't know if these stories are true, but I, I definitely find them absolutely fascinating. And I find it fascinating that a website, a Russian website called Philosophy of Life is the first people to publish this story that I could find. And they put it alongside all their other verifiable stuff. I mean, I didn't have to fact check whether or not J.K. Rowling was real, whether or not she enjoyed the sweet, sweet taste of meltwater. This is all such a fascinating story. What we can really suss out of it is 
everything in a whole. The black bedroom phenomenon seems to be real. We're getting so many unrelated reports about it around the world. Are these stories real? Are these particular ones? The, the one that I find most suspect is the one that took place in Kentucky, where 50,000 people saw this, and there's not a single news report. However, let's put on our conspiracy caps to wrap this up. This would be a phenomenon that, if it was happening, the government and the media would have to cover it up. Because just like they'll cover up the existence of aliens, just like they'll cover up the existence of unidentified flying objects in our airspace, especially during the Cold War, at least those were things you could shoot at. Even if you couldn't shoot them down, they were physical objects that we could open fire on and say, go away, go away, go away, and it flies away. That's not really (laughs) effective, but this is... Whether this is a natural or a supernatural phenomenon, you're completely powerless once you're in its grasp. And the military couldn't deal with it. The scientists couldn't even replicate it. How would a government be able to calm down the population? If this was an actual real thing, I mean, we know tornadoes are coming, I think, right? We can kind of predict those. We kind of predict those when we see the neighbor's house way up in the air. Can't predict an earthquake, but you can prepare a city for it. You know, natural disasters don't live next to a volcano, that type of stuff. But everything going pitch black, everything going pitch black, and then you teleporting around the city. How do you prepare for that? And if it is supernatural, if if it's something natural, they could study it and maybe figure out some way to predict it or mitigate it. But if it's supernatural, if it's some sort of dimensional rift opening up or reality itself is collapsing in a certain geographical area there'd be no way to combat that the easiest way to combat that was to make people think it never happened in the first place you would not want panic in the population but i don't know if the stories of darkness egyptian are true i do believe the black bedroom phenomenon is real so it's that's interesting. There's a much all that is is a more localized and indoor version of the stories we've looked at today. So what is this? What is going on? This is absolutely fascinating and and quite terrifying as well. And then the big question though is what happens when it happens to you? This really gets to the root of all of these stories we talk about on Dead Rabbit Radio, isn't it? It's always happening to somebody else, and in the back of our mind, we're thinking, what if this happened to me? And again, there's no defense, because we don't know what it is. And I think at first, you would assume it was something natural. You wake up in the middle of the night, your bedroom's completely black. It's nighttime, Jason. What do you expect? My light's on. Then you realize that there's zero light coming in, not even the light from the street lamps outside your house, from the moon hanging overhead. And the best you could hope in that situation is that you could remain calm and that it's temporary. Because it has to be temporary, right? Every example we've ever come across, it's a temporary phenomenon. It eventually ends. But those are the stories told by the survivors. How many stories are out there of people waking up 
in a pitch-black void. Or walking down the street, and all of a sudden the city is shrouded in an unearthly darkness. Or sitting with your loved ones in your living room watching a movie. And at first you think the power is out. But then, as the minutes turn to hours, and the hours turn to days, and you and your family are desperately holding on to each other, because you know that if they wander off into this black void, you'll never see them again. You're thirsty, you're hungry, you're panicked, and you're trapped. How many people have ended their existence in these black voids? We just think they've gone missing. But in fact, they disappeared into the darkness Egyptian. No one ever saw them again. And more terrifying than that, they couldn't even see their own hands. They couldn't even see their own body. They simply spent their last days wandering through an unknowable, unending world of darkness. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm so glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys.